What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Love God, Love Sex podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Heath. It was good, everybody. It's Jamie. Heath, let's just get it. Let's get into it, bro. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. So today we're but talking we about... Do, but before we do, pay the yeah. bills, pay, the, pay these bills. Go ahead. Um, we are at Love God, Love Sex Pod across all socials. Make sure you are subscribing to the channel so you know every time new content is coming out. And uh, just continue to like and share the content, comment. We'd love to hear from y'all. We're also on email. Um, we are connect at lovegodlovesexpodcast.net. Uh, we'd love to get show ideas and suggestions, recommendations. So hit us up via email. Now, with that said, with that said, without further ado, let's dive in. So we're talking about today is love loops. And this was inspired by a post that I just saw on Instagram actually today uh, where a woman said things that my man did to me or did for me while he was cheating on me. So things my ex did for me while he was cheating on me. It's a typical, you know, do, 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 do the background and the lights are flashing. <laughs> and she talked about buying her roses with handwritten notes, taking her out, giving her all his passwords. Uh, he also uh, answered phone calls in front of her. I mean, just really went out of his way to you know, indulge and just smother her with love. And then there was a commenter, one of the first comments to come on and said this, men who feel that they need to have sexual relations with as many women as possible while keeping one or more in a love loop need therapy and a lobotomy. I said what I said. I said what I said. I said what I said. So, yeah. you know, I think that we we need to have that discussion because there's so many of us, men and women, who have talked about these scenarios, have heard these scenarios, and probably have done these scenarios. So the first thing, let's just talk about the phenomenon of, of the love loop. What she's referring to is that for those who may just need a second go at an explanation, there are men who go out of their way and they're, quote unquote, using the traditional term womanizing. They're with different types of women. They're slaying this one and they're slaying that one down. But they may have a woman or a girlfriend or a wife who they are showing what some would call undying affection to her. They're showering her with gifts. They're showing up to all the family events. They're making sure that all of the day-to-days meant, hey, I'll take your car to get the oil changed and the tires rotated. Hey, don't worry about that. I got the garbage. He's just being the picture-perfect spouse or significant other. Yet behind the scenes, when he's not around, he's moving and grooving with all these different women. And people are wondering, well, why would you do that why would you entertain all these different women who probably don't even know about each other and then your main squeeze to use my best 1950s terminology doesn't know about any of this she is oblivious because you're attentive you're caring you're kind and you're present go back to the example we gave from this ig post he was attentive he was aware he was present he was giving gifts he was honoring her presence honoring their relationship what time do you have what bandwidth do you have to entertain these types of relationships or engagements and the cadence that you're doing it? That's where things get complicated and weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first thing we want to talk about, since we've explained the phenomena, 
pretty adequately, is why do men do this? Why do men do this? Well, let's read a comment that that came right under yours or, or right under the first one you talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's coming from a man and he says, what most men won't tell you is that pretty much every guy deep down wants that. I'm assuming he's talking about wants to have a main mm-hmm. and be able yeah, to have course. some other things mm-hmm. on the side. Um, there's various evolutionary and psychological reasons behind it. Sexual conquest is a huge part of most men's self-actualization and ties in very closely to their self-esteem and confidence. What gets referred to as toxic masculinity is actually a pretty normal and common part of a man's psyche. And there's, you know, something else in there, but it's kind of cut off. I couldn't read it. Um, But I think, you know, there are some men who would just say that it's a natural part of our psyche, our makeup, our, you know, it's it's in our DNA to be, uh, to have conquests like this. Um, I think the issue is that in the scenario you gave, and I didn't, you know, I didn't really see the actual clip of what she was mm-hmm. talking about. Just going by off, going off of what you said to me, the issue would be that he's not having a conversation with her. The transparency is not being shared. So she found that out after the fact that he was doing these things. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and I that's think that's, that's the issue. I, listen, bro, I've heard from a lot of women that, Yo, if you want to have another another woman or another person, I don't actually have a problem with it. I just want to know so I know how to move with you. And some women are okay being a main while a guy, you know, entertains other things. Um, and some women actually promote that. You know, I saw a clip of of a Muslim woman recently saying, "Bring more women to your husband." The divorce rates are high. And if you want to help <laughs> decrease the divorce rates, bring more women to an able, competent man who can take care of them. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's a right or wrong thing, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be to have that kind of scenario, to be living in that kind of scenario. I just think mm-hmm. the transparency has to be a part of it. Um, and, and I think the issue to kind of go back to that first comment is. Men who feel the need to do this with as many women as possible. I think that's where the issue kind of comes in, because then you have to start questioning, well, why does it need to be 12 women? Why can't you just have your main and maybe one or two sides? If if your woman is OK with that, if your main is cool with that, you all talked about it and it's OK with her. Why can't you just be OK with her and one other or two other people? Why does it need to be as many as possible? Um, and so I think. I would just say if someone's in that kind of scenario, one, the transparency has to be there. And then two, I think you're doing it's doing too much if, if you're trying to do it with as many women as possible. That's 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 too much. Well, let, let me say this. Let me respond to well, the just, just let me just finish this. Yeah. It's too much because no successful, ambitious man has all of that time to your point to be engaging in all of these relationships or bandwidth. And so that's why I'm saying that's when we would start to question, well, like, what are you doing with the rest of your time? How are you spending the rest of your time? Are you scaling up? Are you, you know what I mean? Taking care of things at home or like, what is it? Are you working out? Like what else are you doing other than, you know, making these house calls, Dr. Feel good. <laughs> Trying to slay everything in sight. <laughs> what did Rita say? I don't want no pills. Don't go to the doctor filling me up with all those pills. <laughs> One trip to doctor, feel good. 
<laughs> Shout out to Aretha Franklin. Shout out to the queen. Shout out to the queen. So I want to respond to the first question, why? And I do believe the second commenter gave a really eloquent statement of why. There are, I believe, some evolutionary but you know, psychology there. And I also think there's something psyche there. I think for most men, the idea of being able to enthrall women. Now, mind you, I'm not saying be with a woman. Enthrall women is addictive. Even for me, and I want to get into me later, but mm, it's, that's a good it's, point. It's, it's enthralling when you have a woman's attention. This is why at times I believe in the red pill community. And when I say the red pill community, I'm not coming at the pundits or some of the leaders, quote unquote, of the red pill community or spokespeople. I'm referring to some of the people who are supporting the red, red pill community rhetoric, young men, sometimes older men, when they realize they don't have the power they don't have the power to enthrall women. It's a very lonely, desolating place for them. And then they lash out with these bitches this, these bitches that, these hoes this, these hoes that, because they are incapable in their minds of being able to enthrall a woman, to get a woman's attention. When you look at some of the manifestos, especially the one of the killer in Santa Barbara, the man who had a handgun, he crashed his BMW and killed himself. His whole manifesto was about all these women who had spurned him, going back to being 10 years old in fifth grade, blonde-haired woman who'd never given him the time of day. He poured a soda on a blonde-haired woman having a nice lunch or uh, lunch date with a dark-skinned Indian gentleman and poured it all over him. He could not be that gentleman, so he became vindictive, he became angry, and of course, we know what that led to. Unchecked and unbridled and untreated, where did that go? And I think a lot of young men are going through this. They want to be this guy, this woman's ex. They want to be the man who was the Romeo, the Casanova, the Don Juan, the man who women are giving up their lives and their hearts for. But a lot of men, A, just don't have the ability and B, don't have the material resources to do it. And so they're left <laughs> out in the darkness where there's much weeping and gnashing, gnashing of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and so they are then perturbed, perturbed leads to anger and anger leads to the dark side, as Yoda once uh, told us. So that's 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 the why I, I think. The why is that men are driven to 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 sit in the presence of a woman and to sup at her fountain, her fountain of wisdom, her fountain of orgasms, her fountain of femininity, her fountain of her generous presence in giving nature. There's something to that is very addictive. And more importantly than being addictive, I think it's just part of what we're wired to do now. That's the second part, that we're physically wired for this level of attention from a woman. And then most men, they do a calculus in their mind and say, shoot, if I now can do this with multiple women, then I will just get more and more. It's like, you know, if I start one franchise business, a subway, and I have 15 franchises, that's more money, more business. I'm in the money, literally. Mm -hmm. But the, the issue I have with what he wrote, this is the, my second point, is that many men will use uh, social science research, evolutionary, but you know, a psychology, they'll bring in biology, they'll bring in, you know, uh, I think 
just modern social psychology into these arguments, but never addressing the fact that someone just moved as a straight up liar. You were lying. What you did was evil. And no one wants to call that out and just say, okay, you have these urges. You have these feelings. You feel these prompts. You have these desires. But you acted on them inappropriately and in a wicked way to hurt people around you. Or rather, you didn't do it to hurt people. You did it to gratify yourself. But people got hurt as a consequence. And then there's no accountability. And then here comes the scroll that just drops down to the ground that people start reading about evolutionary psychology, social, social psychology, you know, biology, and just the, the needs of a man and placate, placate, placate. Now, to be fair to that guy, we don't have the end of that statement. I don't know if he wrapped it up in a bow and said, hey, I'm just saying it's not about that statement per se from that person, but it's something often referenced. And But I never hear saying, yeah, but those consequences weren't worth it. The pain that I caused wasn't worth it. And I'm sorry. It's like, yo, I didn't mean to do that. You know, I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry you got hurt. Notice that. I'm not apologizing. I'm not saying I'm sorry. I'm sorry you got hurt. I'm sorry that your feelings were trampled. I'm sorry you had to find out like this. I'm sorry that she confronted you in the street and you felt awkward. There's never any saying, I'm sorry I did wrong to you. Please forgive me. I don't think they feel like they did wrong. Which is, which is another problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's an even bigger problem. The fact that you don't see how you withholding information from your partner, this person that you and I mean, obviously, we don't know the details of our relationship. We don't know if they were committed. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're taking her word Again, for it. Yeah, she face that it's all face value. At face it's, value. It's all face value. We, we could say. Yo, maybe he felt well within his rights to treat you like a man, even though he never gave you that title. And to see all of these other women he was seeing. But again, I think the transparency is just a, that's home base. That's a minimum. If you're going to be moving like that, I think you should definitely give the people you're doing that with the informed choice to make. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you set it up where you're telling them, like, yo, listen, I know we've been kicking it like this, but I do see other people. I do sleep with other people. Um you know, I'm trying to stay on top of the sexual health. What I mean, whatever the conversation is, it needs to be had and it needs to be frank. It needs to be transparent and open so that that person can then say, I'm cool with this or I'm not. And I think that's to me, that's the issue in this type of scenario. I don't think it's a, an issue to live like that. Well, well, let me say this. I don't think it's an issue to have a main and a side. I think, honestly, if you asked a hundred men in a room, I really feel like 80 to 90% would say that's what, that's what they would like. Um, but I think transparency needs to be a part of this conversation overall. And I think that if you're doing this with as many women as possible, that's an issue. Like to me, that says something more about, you know, a, a deep feeling or void inside that you're trying to fi- trying to fulfill and you're doing it with your collecting bodies, basically. And I'm saying that because I feel like I've lived that way before, where it was really just about racking up numbers and what it did for my confidence. And then I found out years later that didn't even give me confidence. You know what I mean? It was really the feedback from long-term partners that built me up. It wasn't all of these chicks saying, oh, you slaying it, or you know what I mean? You got the the big D like it, it wasn't that it was really 
long-term partners or people who I spent, you know, good amounts of time with saying, oh, you know, you're really thoughtful when you give gifts or I like the fact that I can come to you for uh, compassion or empathy, even though I, <laughs> I feel like sometimes, you know, people say I'm emotionless. Um, mm. I feel like I'm a very emotional person and, and I connect very well with people. I just don't take people's emotions on. And I think sometimes that's what they're looking for. But to get back to the topic, um, when I was doing that, that wasn't really getting me anywhere. It wasn't getting me anything. Mm. You know what I mean? You, you made this analogy to having all these franchises and getting all of this money. Yo, I had numbers. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like it was doing anything for me internally. It wasn't building me up. Like I said, it was the feedback and and the praise that I got in, in terms of my personality and what I brought to situations from long term partners. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. So let, let's just transition. Into the personal. What about love looping appeals to you? Because you just touched on that you played the field, you womanized, you enjoyed the fruits of your of your rising labor. <laughs> but what about love looping appeals to you? I think also- maybe the yeah, I was gonna say the delineation for me is that I wasn't doing this with a main. I was just already being single and racking up numbers. That was, I mean, that's to me, that's the difference in the situation. But we can't. I did not build up. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like you. I love to be able to, to yeah. treat and take care of and sponsor and do all of that. I love to be able to do that. Um. So, yeah, I was definitely cupcaking. Definitely Duncan Hines in it. <laughs> Betty Crocker in out here. Definitely, definitely little Debbie'd up. Um, <laughs> Domino but, sugar in the mix. <laughs> but um, I personally feel like that would be something I would do more of now. Like I would definitely, I definitely feel like I could have a main now and build with this one person, pour into this one person, build a life with one person. And if she was cool with it, have somebody for, you know, maybe some, some sexual or physical outlet every now and again. Mm. I mean, I really feel like the type of partner that I would want my main to be, I wouldn't really need to slide off. But every now and again, like maybe if I'm on a work trip or traveling or something like that, oh, we both want to get kinky. You know what I mean? But I would I would prefer to have one partner that I'm really satisfied with or, or at least, you know, we want to talk about percentages, 80, 20. And then every now and again, I engage the 20. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. What I think it appeals to me and I thank you for sharing is because I am a giver. And what I tend to do is romanticize the state of affairs women are in and thinking that I could be a fix or a solution for that. Mm, talk about that, bro. So we just had an episode about why are women single? We've also had an episode about nice girls finish last. And me and you both in our inner circle, but also on the periphery of our networks have come across a dozen stories of able-bodied, beautiful, competent women, flawed as all of us are. But just because you're flawed doesn't mean you're entitled to a relationship. It just means you're flawed and you need to grow with it and they need to grow with you. But, you know, I've met all these women, heard all these stories. And in my mind, if I got the bread and the capacity, whether it's the dick capacity or the mental 
an emotional capacity, spiritual capacity, plus the bread. Why not? And the, and the D. And the D. And the D. As I said, I did this, you know, catch to be talking about, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I was giving it to, I don't know. I don't know what the side fist bump, how that became known for sex. We'd be talking to people, oh, yeah, I was giving it to a real good last night. Yeah, you're knocking, pounding it down. Yeah, I, I, it down. I, I, I guess. Yeah, well, you could just say anything. You do this fucking third grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Hand gestures. Yeah, exactly. We should do an episode top three hand gestures for sex in a conversation in the club. But. <sighs> For me, once I have all those elements there, then I know I could do for you better than the next dude because the next dude is not going to exert the same type of effort that I can. He's not going to have the bread. He's not going to have the wherewithal mentally, emotionally, or spiritually to be with you and to co-lead with you and to cover you the way I'm looking for you to cover and be with me. And we could use cover. I, that's definitely more of the leadership role. Some of the traditional elements that are still part of my soul and my programming. And that's a whole nother episode. So I'm thinking, well, I got my main one at home. I could put you in an apartment. I could pay the bills. I don't mind you taking care of your hair and your nails and doing what you want to do. You want to go to school? Cool. You want to start a school or you want to start an experience where you have your own business? Cool. You need some money for a franchise? Cool. I'll be here and be your support. We definitely going to be blazing and sexing, but we're also going to be able to grow together. And I'm even thinking, put some seeds in it. So I'm taking the love loop a step further. I mean, that was the whole story of Ben Carson's book. I mean, Ben Carson right now, I think is persona non grata in the black community in the larger (laughs) American community. But he, he had memories of going to see his father's second family across town. How many stories have you heard about that? Many. Cats having a second, a third family. People finding out after the father passed away, he had a whole nother family. He was splitting that check. Now, you could probably do that in the 70s or the 80s where the purchasing power of the dollar was higher. And you know I'm going to always plug in that income inequality because it, it's, it's, it's driving us delirious right now in our gender wars conversation. But how many of us have heard stories like that? And, and for me, to go back to myself and what the appeal of the love loop is, is I know that with the resources, a starting with, you know, um, the interest, right? You got to have interest and then adding in the spiritual, emotional, mental, and the bread, please. And I can have a seed. And I know I could probably do more for you, even though I know from my analytical mind, there's a law of diminishing returns. When you're really, really hungry, you buy that nine slice pizza pie and you bring it home to yourself, that ninth slice, if you eat it all in one sitting, isn't as delicious and scrumptious as the first slice It's literally mm-hmm. the law of diminishing returns. So that first squeeze, then that second one, then that third one, and then you got four or five main squeezes and maybe you don't have a wife per se, but you have situationships that are respected and owned and lifted up by all of you. But how much, how long can you do that and still not go to the gym, still not, you know, Still not skill up, still not build your business, still not do, still, 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 still into an infinity almost because you're robbing yourself of the ability to focus. And without focus, you cannot truly achieve some of the deep, greatest rewards that you're trying to get out of a particular endeavor. I don't care if it's working out, I don't care if it's martial arts, I don't care if it's macrame, you're not going to get it because you don't have time for it. Right. I mean, I've, I've heard since I was a kid from many of my family, 
yo, be careful that you don't allow a woman to distract you. Because it's just natural for us. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's not to say that they are a distraction yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to get you off of something. But it's like, yo, if you are allocating too much time to cupcaking, like we just talked about, or mm. dating or trying to entertain or enthrall all of these women, like you said, you're not putting together that perspective. You're not working on a business plan. You're not, you know, skilling up. You're not in the gym. You're not, you're not, you're not. You're not doing all of these things that would help make you a, a more eligible bachelor or just, um, you know, a contributor to society. So, I mean, I don't know, bro. I mean, I, I feel like I have met a lot of men who, dis well, let me, let me, cause I, what you just talked about sounded very similar to E&M to me, ethical non-monogamy, where mm. it's not just about you, you know, sliding up in as many women as you want to. You're actually talking about building these women up. So you're pouring into them physically, you're pouring into them emotionally, mm -hmm. mentally, and in every type of way, like wholly, you're trying to pour into them. You're just not trying to take from them. And I think some people would call that ethical non-monogamy. Do you see it that way? What you just described? I guess so. But the, the love loop, I think, piece is you're doing it clandestinely. <laughs> you're doing it. You CIA right. in it. Again. You, you in yep. Jakarta. It <laughs> you in Okinawa, all the Jason Bourne. Yeah, exactly. Now you, in, you know, personalities. Now you in Lagos. You in Ibadun. All these now you in different Buenos Aires. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just exchanging numbers and exchanging faces and exchanging DNA and exchanging DNA. Yeah. And what if your main squeeze says, "I'm not into that," and you say, "Shit, well, I am." So I have this ability to go to. Nigeria. I have this ability to go down to South America and yo know, basically create a whole nother family. Now, what happens with that is that all of the strain of child rearing, if you have a couple of seeds with, the, with those other people, is on that person because you're going back and forth and someone's not going to call you and say, I need to go to the emergency room. You're like, yo, I leave you enough bread every month so you can take them to the emergency room in a safe and effective manner. So now, now that person may get vindictive or some people don't. That's why I think some of these men who are passport bros enjoy going to these other countries because mm. in these other countries and some of these traditional cultures, again, this is not the case for all these women in all these respective countries. So I'm not trying to just generalize. I think this is the perception people have and the narrative that they're telling themselves to feel comfortable at going over there. And the narrative is this. When I go over there, women are so traditional, they're not really going to involve me in the child rearing. I just need to provide. They then take the ingredients. If I'm baking the cake, I just got to bring the eggs, the milk, the, the dress, you know, the dress, the icing, all that, yeah. flour, all that. Mm -hmm. And they're going to make the cake. They're going to cut up the cake. They're going to put the cake away. If the cake starts to go rotten, they're going to throw out and just let me know, hey, I need more ingredients for cake. And I'm here we go again. Wash, rinse, repeat. No problem. Because a lot of these traditional women in their minds are okay with the demands of motherhood the way that they have a traditionally understood them in their countries and b whatever modern um, conveniences have you been a part of that that have now make motherhood a little bit easier or sometimes more complicated they'll navigate going to school they'll navigate getting the child the extra tutor i just got to show up show a little love do a couple of hugs maybe do one trip a year and i'm good and I think that's the power of the love loop. There are with the other women you could do do because I'm curious what he was doing with the other women. That's what I was going to ask earlier. I was like, was he just knocking them down, or was it just like he doing what you talked about? Yeah. Was he engaged with mm -hmm. them? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. Like I look at somebody like Nick Cannon, 
And I'm like, you know, I don't know that he is with any of the women that he's no, chosen so. to. It doesn't seem like it. But I just wonder what the time with them is like. Like, obviously, you like them enough to lay down with them and 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 have kids. But like, what's your time with these women outside of the kids? Like, are you actually hanging out with them? Are you going on dates when you're in town? Or, or is it just like, yo, I'm just sending paper and whatever you need to do for the kid, you do for the kid. Yeah, he never really gave a logic for why he did it the way he did it. I mean, Eddie Murphy has 10 kids, but that was over the course of 30 years. Nick Cannon was over the course of, what, three? Something like that, yeah. I mean, well, you know, well, if you start when he had the kids with Mariah, so it's it's, it's less than that, but it's like 10, right? 10 mm-hmm. or 11, with the acceleration happening the last three years. He never really gave her a reason for that, and that's his business. I know recently he was talking about one of his daughters and forgot the, the young girl's name. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't click into the article because I'm not interested in his business, and then they had a response from the mom. Again, I'm not interested in the business. But I would imagine that that's where things get a little bit more complicated. Yeah. Be, I mean, I think it's it's complicated because obviously like you said we don't really know the details of it but if you're forgetting your child's name and and if they if, if you just have so many that you're forgetting names and birthdays and things like that yeah that's that's an issue yeah and so love looping while I, I believe attractive and even for most men inviting right something to be attractive and inviting meaning just calling you into it And right now, when we talk, go back to our last point we made in our previous episode, why women are single, 45% of women in the United States are going to be single by 2030. There's going to be an opportunity, even for men who don't got bread, meaning they work, but they don't have maybe the 800 grand to sustain five, five different relationships. If you're just talking about maxing out and really putting people in luxury, understanding that rent now is $3,000 a month, $5,000 a month in some places yeah. here in the East Coast. Sometime for just a studio. Yeah, but I mean, you have 3000 or 5000 get somebody something nice, even a one bedroom that's really nice in a nice area, even if it's not in New York City, for example, or maybe L.A. or Chicago, some of these nicer places. You can get three or five of those if you make it 800 grand a year. I mean, you're spending your money, but you can get it. But even men who don't have it in this near future, because, right, we're only, what, eight, seven years away from 2030, they're going to have an opportunity to say, well, you know what? I'm married. Come live with us. Sister wives, right? That's getting big now. Polyamory is getting big. So even from a let's consolidate the community resources perspective, there's going to be something there. Now, that's going to come with its own problems because doing it while you're in one home is totally different than doing it in multiple homes because Mm -hmm. who's going to run the house? What day do you have with so-and-so? We have multiple kids. This one has an issue, but you spend most of your time with that one. But I got to get this one as a learning disability. And who's going to take him? But it's your turn to take him. But I got to take the other one to piano lessons. This is where the rubber meets the road inside the home. Right. It's easy to be James Bond. Because I'd right. love to go party in Jakarta just like anyone else. Or Buenos Aires. Or some of these spaces and places all across the world. The Maldives. Everything. Seychelles. Positano. Yeah, but when you got to yeah. be in that town home, which is it's a nice town home. With five different kids from three different women. Yeah. I mean, we already know some of the dynamics that come with blended families. That could be difficult. Uh That's that's difficult enough. So, 
Yeah, when you got to put, you know, things in your will, you got to have certain amount of life insurance. Everyone's got to be taken care of. In the moment, God forbid you pass away, they're at each other's throats for the property, for the land, for the insurance and challenging the will. What happens there? Now, things could go copacetic and be A-OK and they're OK with themselves because that's happened as well. I just think some of us as men who are invited, right, attracted and find this love loop inviting are most likely not thinking things through analytically. And I hope we do because you would see the cost that you have to bear to really make that type of relationship, even if it's distributed households work, is pretty high. And on that note, and on that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, you could check us out TikTok, YouTube at Love God Love Sex Pod, also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts at Love God Love Sex Pod. If you're listening on the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. And if you're on TikTok, follow. Come join the conversation. We want you to do more to end the gender wars, and that's what we're doing every single day with our content pulling back the curtain so that we can have more of a humane, honest, and body-honoring picture of both men and women and the current struggles we're going to in this environment of income inequality and just vitriol and, I guess, rhetoric that's driving us all up the wall. Thanks, guys, for listening. Take care. Peace.